I'm really excited about what I want to speak about this evening. And I really think that I just really have a sense that God wants to do something in some people's lives tonight. That maybe there's something that you're carrying, something you're holding, and God's actually kind of wanting to do some work in that area. Uh, before we get there, does anyone have an irrational fear? Anyone? Or is that just me? My, I have kind of two irrational fears. Um, one is the dark, and the other is dinosaurs. Um, now, obviously, dinosaurs irrational. They don't exist anymore. Still terrifying. Can't do it. And it's actually a very, I have a very niche irrational fear. Um, it's things hunting me and trying to eat me. So if it's a movie with that in it, I'm out. Don't give me some of that. Don't give me any of that. The wolf, you know, the gray, whatever that is, where the wolves are like hunting them. That just, I don't like that. But uh, irrational fear, dinosaurs. I wonder what your irrational fear is. I want you to take 10 seconds. Tell the person beside you what your irrational fear is. Just so irrational, whatever it is. Is anyone, is anyone brave enough to shout out an irrational fear? What? Voice crack while singing. Anyone else got a fear of voice crack while singing? Yep, I mean, that's why I don't usually sing into a microphone. Any other irrational fears someone wants to shout out? Up the back, bro, what's your irrational fear? Storms, yeah, yeah, that's, that's maybe rational, but yeah, it's like, I know what you mean. Uh, we all have irrational fears, right? I think, and if you don't have one now, maybe when you were a kid, you have this, this fear of something that doesn't actually kind of have any power to hurt you, but sometimes it can still be really scary, right? Just like dinosaurs, they, they're not real, they don't exist, but they could be a T-Rex. Just because no one's ever seen one outside my window in the middle of the night doesn't mean that it might not be there. It might have just escaped from Jurassic World and I'm the first person to run into it. Um, and, and, you know, some of these things, what we've probably shared, I'm assuming what most people shared was kind of a funny one, right? Like it's kind of something you can admit. Some things we're kind of afraid of that we actually don't want anyone to know about, right? If, if I can be honest, there's some things in my life that I'm kind of worried about, that I'm not sure about, that maybe I would prefer that not everybody kind of knew about. And I think sometimes it can be really hard to share those things. And who knows, sometimes, show of hands, is it sometimes hard to tell you the truth? Can I, I can admit here, I'm saying it, yeah, sometimes it can be hard to tell you the truth. I think it's something in our humanity to kind of try and maybe put out a better image rather than putting out the full image. And I remember this one time I was in the shopping center and I was looking at some blueberries, and I was in Taiwan, so they were worth a lot of money. Uh, they were like blue gold. And I was looking at them, and I was like thinking about it, and then I just happened to drop the blueberries. And I don't know if you've ever dropped the punnet of blueberries. They go everywhere. And my, my, in the instant, I was like, what am I going to do here? Like, do I stop and pick up 3,000 blueberries, or do I just leg it? And... <laughs> I decided that I'd kick as many as I could underneath the kind of the fruit stall and I just hightailed out of there real quick. Looked around, didn't see anyone, got out of there and, and I remember just like feeling pretty guilty about it, that there's someone that has to go and kind of fix this up. And I think if we're honest, some of these things in our life, maybe, maybe things that have happened to us, things we've done, we can kind of be a bit tempted to maybe like kick into the darkness, if that makes sense. To kind of kick into underneath where no one can kind of see it and where it's out of sight, out of mind, things that maybe I haven't worked out or I haven't dealt with or some things I kind of feel guilty about. Sometimes it's like we kind of just kick them a little bit into the dark, those, those deeper fears. And, 
And it's almost like we get this fear of the dark in the sense of there's things hidden in my life that I don't want people to know about. These things that are hidden that I don't want people getting into there. It could be the way that I feel about myself. It could be my self-talk. It could be the thing that I struggle with most. It could be some dark thoughts. It could be some past shame or some past guilt or some past pain. And we can be tempted to kick it under the, under the shelves into the dark, out of, out of sight. And, and we find ourselves with these things that we're kind of afraid to address. And what I want to talk about this evening is what do we actually do with these things? And I said before, like, we can be afraid of the dark in that sense of what's under there. But what I really want to encourage us tonight. I've actually called this message, I'm not afraid of the dark. Because I think that there might be some things we've kicked into the dark. Is that a different? I'm not scared of the dark. Thanks, Jaden, for pointing that out. Big difference there in the wording. I'm sorry for the misleading, afraid of the dark. I correct myself. It's scared of the dark. I'm not scared of the dark. Turn the person beside you say, I'm not scared of the dark. Because I really believe that we don't actually have to live a life that's controlled by, confined by, destroyed by these things that live in the dark, that we can actually learn to live and, and through Jesus live a life that's free from fear in the dark. Does anyone believe that? Good, good. I'm in the right place. I want to read John, uh, 1 John 1, 5, and it says, This is a message we've heard from Him and declared to you. It says, God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. I want to talk about tonight the power of letting God's truth and life, truth and light into your life, into those dark spaces. And I think straight up, that can kind of seem a bit confronting, right? Because often when we want to keep things in the dark, we want to keep them in the dark for a reason. And if you've got something hidden in the dark and somebody's like, hey, we're about to turn the lights on, usually your response isn't, yay! It's like, uh, does anyone clean their house before people come around? I hope so. Maybe youth, maybe your parents kind of do this where they, they make you clean your room, right? And it's like as if they expect the guests to come in the front door, run to the back of the house, kick your door down and be like, see, you grubs, you don't clean your room. And that's kind of, that happens in my house a little bit. We're cleaning everywhere. And, and, but sometimes we do have like this, this locked room where we just like throw all the stuff and we don't want to think about it. And, and when we talk about God kind of wanting to turn the lights on in that room, it can be a little bit scary. But I just want to, I think the foundation we need to understand, something that's so important, is that when we talk about God's light, that light equals forgiveness, freedom, total healing. That's what this is about. This is not about a judgmental God trying to find the dirt that you have and to condemn it. This is about a loving God whose light touches things and actually brings forgiveness and total healing. And, if, and I think sometimes we can have this fear, right? If I'm honest about something, then I'm going to get in trouble. Just, just like with a, with a teacher maybe at school where you like admit a mistake and you end up kind of getting in trouble for owning up to something or they find a mistake in your homework and you get this red cross beside it. Sometimes we can feel a bit like, if I'm honest about it, then I'm actually going to get in trouble. But actually what God kind of says is that if you're honest about it, I can heal that. I can bring freedom there. I can break those chains that might be holding you back. That pain, that shame, that guilt, that addiction... I can actually heal it. There's actually a path through that. And I love what it says in Ephesians 5.13. It says, Whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct. And everything that reveals, everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. I love what it says there. Everything that it exposes, it will also 
correct. I think it's so important that we realize that God heals what he reveals. That when God brings something to the surface of our life, and maybe you're even sitting here tonight already and you're like, dang, I chose the wrong night to come because I've got something that I've tried to stuff so far down, so far into the dark, and now all of a sudden I'm, I'm thinking about it. And now I'm actually thinking, no, it must be, it's probably something else. It's not that thing, but you know that thing. And can I just give you that promise that God heals what he reveals, that God doesn't bring stuff to the surface just to, open, re, to reopen old wounds and to re-cause your pain. He, he does it because he actually wants to bring healing there. I love that. He will also correct it. And I think correction sometimes can be like a picture, maybe again, of, of, um, of punishment. I remember when I was in grade one, I still vividly remember it. I, I was in grade one and we were practicing uh, writing. And I remember the sentence started with the. And I did a lowercase t for the first letter. Big no-no, right? So I thought, I can fix this. And <laughs> so I just kept going over it about 20 times until it looked like a capital T. And it, I was like, you know, I've just bolded the first letter. It's like the Bible. It's bolded the first letter of the chapter kind of thing. And my teacher saw it. And this is probably my like, like couple of maybe months into grade one. And she ripped the page out of my notebook and threw it in the bin. And it was like, whoa, like welcome to school. I know everyone's just like, whoa. And I'm like, I'm not even old school went to school, right? Like I didn't go to school like back when they were hitting people with sticks and stuff. This is recent. This is modern history. And she ripped the page out of my book. And I think sometimes it's like we can feel like that's what that correction is. But, but actually, I think a better picture of the correction that God gives us is like, it's like braces. When someone has some teeth that they want to kind of get adjusted, they put braces on them and the braces kind of correct everything and bring it back to how it actually should be. Or it's like a plant that's growing a bit whack and you put a stake in beside it and you tie it to the stake and now this tree can actually grow in the correct way. And I think that's what God wants to do as he reveals things in our lives. He wants to correct them, not in that he wants to punish you and to make you know that you're wrong, but he actually wants to bring that back to how it should be that you don't actually have to have that pain and that hurt there anymore, that shame. He wants to bring you back to a place of wholeness. And wherever God's light is, He's moving healing, He's bringing truth. So what I think we need to do, if that's what God's healing is, if that's, if that's what God's light is, if it's forgiveness and healing, then I don't know about you, but I want to let God's light into every area of my life. If, if that's the promise, that, that He's not going to judge and be super cross at me or punish me for what I have in the dark, that his heart is just that I would be healed and be free, then I actually want to let God's light into every area. And it's kind of like, I, I G'd this up with the, the lighting guys before, but let me just pretend that my iPhone light is God's light and we're going to dim everything else. I hope you're not scared of the dark. I've got this, don't, don't worry. And I think what we can sometimes do is, it's like God's shining his, his light on us maybe. And, and there's bits that we're happy for God to see. You know, I read my Bible this week. Yeah. <laughs> Prayed a few times. Yeah. You know, but there's, there's these other bits that sometimes it's like we, it's like we want to cover, cover them up. Like I don't want him to see what's in my, in my heart. Maybe. I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want him to see some of those. I can't do this with my microphone. Some of those thoughts that I'm having. And it's like God's like trying to shine his light in, but there's a few places that I just won't let him in. We can bring those lights back up. And, and it can be almost like, this kind of feeling would be terrifying. If all the lights came on, what would people see? What would people find? And, but I actually think when we, we have the courage to take away that covering 
and to allow God to shine into our life, something really powerful happens because God really heals what he reveals. And I love what it says in John 11, 9 to 10. It says, are there not, uh, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble for they see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble for they have no light. Jesus kind of pointing out the obvious here, right? Like when it's dark, that's when you trip over. Um, sometimes I trip over in the light too, but it's, you know, just clumsiness. Uh, but, but who knows, like, you know, when, when you're in the dark, you, you start to see crazy things. It's, I, don't know, any, I don't know if anyone here, maybe this is just me, but when I go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I challenge myself not to turn the lights on. That's how it, does anyone else doing that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know why, maybe it's some macho thing in me, but I'm like, I don't need light. But I think if, if you were to turn the lights on or if you were to film me with a night vision camera, it's anything but macho. It's like me kind of like walking around and trying to, I think the high chair's here, find it with my toe, like trying to be quiet and trying not to wake the kids up by turning the lights on, but probably making more noise. And, and sometimes you can see things that aren't even there when you're in the dark, right? I, I've walked around in my house and it's just like you come around the corner and it's like there's a figure there, and you're ready to fight. It's like, or flight for me, maybe. <laughs> Run back to the room and get Talitha. Like, come help. <laughs> but you know, like all the hairs stand up on the back of your neck, and you're like, here we go, here we go. And then you're like, oh, no, it's just, it's just the wall. <laughs> it's just the window. It's just, it's just a weird shadow. And as soon as you turn the light on, everything becomes clear. I think it's really important to realize that the only power that the enemy has is in the dark. The only power that the devil has is when you're in the dark because you can believe some crazy things when you're in the, in the dark. When you're in the dark, you'll believe lies that you would never believe if things were out in the light. Who knows that to be true? It's like if, if, the, if you've just got something that you can't reveal, it's like you'll believe all of these lies. You'll see all of these crazy things because this thing is, is hidden away. And I just want to look at some of the lies we can believe when we're hiding these things. And this is probably a bit from experience too, which I might talk about in parts, but some of the lies we believe are, everyone's perfect, but you. I don't know if you've ever believed that lie. Everyone's perfect, but you. And it's like, I just, you know, if, if it's just me, I'm the only one that struggles with this thing. Can I just say, wrong, <laughs> this is a lie. Everybody is on a journey. Everybody is dealing with things. The, the Bible says there's no sin that's not common to mankind. I love that. It's like Jesus kind of be like, come on, you think you're special for struggling with that? Heaps of people struggle with that. You're not alone in struggling that. It's not just you. Everybody is on a journey. The next lie is, if, uh, if they knew what you were like when no one was watching, they would reject you. And can I just say, that is so wrong. It's a lie. People would not reject you. People love you. Can I just say that? Maybe that's the second part of that lie. No one cares. No one loves you. No, they do. And there's so many people in our church community that would love to pray with you, to encourage you, to stand with you, because they care about you. You're not alone. They wouldn't reject you. What they would probably say is, hey, you're a human like me. Let's deal with this together. Let's talk about how we're going to actually move forward. Come as you are is the message and let Jesus heal you on the way. Don't, don't keep this stuff hidden. Uh, the next slide is, I can't be happy unless I get this. I can't be happy unless I, unless I get that or something. It's whether that's success or 
a certain amount of Instagram followers or money or a new house? Or can I just speak real quick to people? Maybe it's a relationship. I won't be happy until I'm in a relationship. Can I just say, that's a really powerful lie that will control your life. And I think I've seen it sometimes where people are actually putting, getting a relationship before they put seeking after Jesus. It's like, that's number one and relationship's number two. Can I just say, chase after Jesus and you'll never miss out. You'll never miss Chase after Jesus and love will chase you. Pursue Jesus, you'll find a relationship on the way. You don't have to be out there on some kind of witch hunt for a relationship. You know, I think it's really important that we determine that I'm going to be happy before marriage and during marriage. I'm going to be happy forever. I'm not just going to be happily married. I'm going to have a happy life. I'm going to be content with where I'm at now. So don't believe that lie of I'll be happy when that happens. And the final lie is I don't have anyone to talk to about it. I don't have anyone to talk to about it. And whether that be because you're afraid that someone might judge you or just people won't understand. Can I again just say, it's just, it's a lie. There, there's so many people who would love to encourage you, who'd love to stand with you, who'd love to pray with you. And I think what happens is when you bring things to the light, you actually kind of find people who've gone through the same thing. And you realize it's not actually as scary as you thought that it was. I love what it says in 1 John 8 to 9. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us or he'll heal us from all unrighteousness. And what, what that means to confess is to basically say, it's to, to say the same thing that the truth is saying. It's to agree with the truth. It's to say, this is actually what's true. Like this is the lie that I've been believing, but this is actually what's true that this, I've been telling myself that this is the right thing, but actually this is what's right. And it's a powerful thing in a moment, at the, at the moment of confessing, if I can put it that way, of just saying to God, hey, look, I've, I've been heading the wrong way, or I need your help with this, or I can't do this on my own. In that instant, that's where actually the process of receiving forgiveness, the process of healing can actually begin. It happens in a moment of going, actually, no, I was on the wrong way. Actually, no, that's not what I want. Actually, no, I'm not going to let that have power over my life anymore. That's when that process can begin. And when I walk with Jesus, with that kind of nothing hidden, no hidden junk, no hidden sin, just clean heart, me and God, I can actually walk confidently. Just like when you turn the lights on, I can actually be confident now because I'm not trying to cover something. I'm not like afraid of what if the lights come on. It's all out there. If, if the lights came on, people would know. People wouldn't be shocked. And I don't have to be afraid anymore. I can actually walk with confidence because of it. In that life, I'm getting more and more healed, more and more whole. Again, it's not always an instant thing like James said before. It's just a process of coming to healing and to wholeness. And the final thought, just maybe as I get the keys... Josh Staines. We were joking about this before. I was like going to power move him and call him up just as I saw him stand up. But I might get you earlier than I expected. Thank you. He's refusing. Okay, we've got no keys. Uh, sound guy, if you can put some dubstep on. No, no. <laughs> It'd be a great way to end the message, wouldn't it? Um, you know, it's a process. So I think it's something that we have to walk in daily. We've got to daily walk in God's light. James says this, James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, confession of God is so powerful. Being honest with God is so powerful. On the worst day, being honest with God, being honest about your feelings, being honest about your fears, even on, in the toughest moment, 
It's so powerful being honest with God. But actually, being honest with people, I mean, one, it's key to having good relationships, is to actually be honest with people. It's key to friendship. You know what I've found through being honest with people is not that they've judged me, but that it's actually strengthened our relationship. That they've gone and been like, actually, I'm so glad that you were vulnerable with me and that you would trust me with that. And again, there's some, there's some kind of, we gotta be, this is not just saying, hey, here's all my crap to everyone, okay? But people that you trust, that's actually kind of the next step in building a strong relationship is actually being honest about some things. And I think that culture constantly kind of teaches us that we need to be fake, that people would reject you, that you need to put on your best face, that you've gotta be happy, happy all the time. But actually, real relationships are built on honesty. They're built on being truth. And I think if you wanna be healed and whole and free on the inside, there actually comes a point where you've just gotta be honest with somebody. Hey, I'm really struggling with this. Hey, I haven't actually got it all together in this area yet. Hey, maybe it's talking about something that I just got to get this off my chest and I trust you and I, I want to, I wanna, can, you, can, can I be honest with you and can you pray for me? And, and can I just say that none of the, us are above this? I got to challenge myself all the time to do this with people. Coming to people that I trust, hey, would you pray for me? Because I don't know, maybe you don't know this or not, but uh, I'm not perfect. Um, I know a lot of people think that. They look at me and they're like, wow, the perfect man. And can't, can't blame you. Uh, <laughs> But honestly, Pete said maybe just to leave that. No, she's definitely not thinking that. <laughs> she knows me better than anyone. Um, but this is something that I'm constantly doing. Hey, when I'm struggling with something, like I've got to find someone I can be honest with and say, hey, can you pray for me about this? Because I don't want to go this alone. I, I don't want to live in the dark. I actually want to be honest. I want to, I want to live my life from a place of strength. And it's amazing how in a moment of honesty, there's incredible healing. I, I remember something I really had struggled with. And I mean, again, like I said before, I believed all of those lies. It's just you. You're the only one who struggles with that. You're the only one. No one will listen to you. Everyone will kind of reject you when they hear that. They'll look down upon you. I believed all of that. And I remember just coming to the end, my, <laughs> the end of myself where it's like, I can't do this myself. And kind of being honest and, and putting it all on the line where it's like, people might actually straight up reject me here. And I remember just in the moment of being honest, it was like this incredible weight just oh, lifted off my shoulders. And I think there's maybe some people here tonight, you're actually carrying some, some real weight. And it's time to maybe, maybe it's time to be honest with somebody, to get somebody to pray with you and just, oh, that feels so much better. You know, and I think that's just a constant story you hear from people where they're just like, it was like a weight just lifted off my shoulders. Did anything change? Maybe not even in that moment, but in a sense, everything changed because now it's in the light. And now I've got, now it's in God's power place. Now it's, um, it's free from the lies. It's free from shame. It's free from everything. It's out in the open and God can now actually start to work on it. I just think maybe there's, for some of us, there's some ways that, some, some areas that we're not letting God actually shine His light in. You're kind of resisting it and saying no, but, but what God's saying is, Let's go on a process and, and not this angry process where I judge it, but this loving, grace-filled, with you every step kind of process that God wants to take you on. It's, it's calm and trust me and I'll pour my light into that situation. Calm and let me work and I'll heal it and I'll bring freedom. That thing doesn't have to have power over you anymore. I think we've got to let God into every area of our life. 
I just want to share real quick before we kind of wrap up, and, and I really want to pray for people tonight. I think it'd be important to do so. It'd be a miss to not after talking about this kind of thing. I had a friend in Taiwan. His name is Amal. And uh, turn the person beside you and say, Amal. Amal. He's a absolute legend, really good friend. And his story was, he was like the happiest guy I've ever met. Like, you know those people who just walk into a room and it's like, just bing, just everyone's smiling. And he actually came to church uh, for a pizza party. And he stayed because of Jesus, but he came for pizza. He's like, man, I didn't know about church. I just wanted free pizza. And it's like, sick, so good. And, and I remember him kind of telling me his story. And, and his story was, it was kind of heavy. He'd, he'd really struggled with some really dark thinking, kind of really struggled with, with like suicidal thoughts in the past and like a constant thing. And, he's, and he kind of said in his words, it was like there was this big downward spiral that would happen in his mind where it was just like he'd start on it and it was like he couldn't stop. And he'd just spiral into these negative thoughts, dark thoughts, just feeling alone with that. I can't do anything about this. Believing all those kind of lies. But he said, you know, as soon as I kind of was like open to God about that, he said, it was like God's Word was just leading me away from that spiral. And the next time maybe I started on it, and and actually it was like kind of speaking into that and saying, God, would you just, I'm bringing this into the light, God. I need help with this. I don't know what to do with this. I don't want to have this. And he said, kind of just was like a process of now, I'm no longer going on the spiral to the point where, I love this. He said, I don't have that thinking anymore. I don't even start the spiral anymore. And I think that's a picture of wholeness. And that's something we've got to hold to. I think sometimes maybe in the church, we get a little bit wrong where it's like, you might always struggle with that, but it's okay, God's with you. And yes, that's true. But also, can we believe in a powerful God who can break off negative thinking, who can end suicidal thinking once and for all, a God who can actually take your pain and your brokenness and heal it really in a moment? That's the God we believe in. And I love my friend Amal. He told this story and he said, if God can bring me out, He can bring you out too. And I just think that's for somebody here tonight. Maybe you're struggling with that and nobody knows about it. Can I just can I just encourage you that if you're honest with God about it, maybe honest with some people about it, God can actually heal that thing. God can actually take that thinking away. God can restore your thinking. So I wonder what it is for you. What's in the dark that you're afraid of? Maybe are there any areas in your life that you need to actually invite Jesus's light in. Maybe it is that, maybe some shame and guilt about something you did or something that was done to you. Maybe it's addiction, some kind of habit that you just can't seem to shake. Maybe it's the way that you think about yourself, the self-talk that you have, some hurt from the past. Can I just encourage you that you can actually experience healing and freedom this evening? That our God, Jesus, He's not just a God to know. He's actually a God to experience. That He actually wants to do something in your life. So the next question would be, what's stopping you from doing that? What's stopping you from inviting that light in? And, and maybe the answer is you believed some of those lies. And it's actually time to maybe trust God and take a faith step and be like, actually, if I'm honest with someone, I'm going to trust that they're not actually going to reject me. And if someone's honest with you tonight, don't reject them. I know that you won't, but let's just put it out there, okay? Come on. How does Jesus meet us? He meets us with grace and mercy and faith. And I think that's how we should respond with people, to people the same way. And the final question is just open-ended, I suppose. Would you like to experience Jesus' healing light 
tonight. And I wonder if you would have the courage this evening to say, here I am, God. The good, the bad, the ugly, the broken, heal me. And I really believe that He will, that He's good. Just like I've experienced that healing and that wholeness, just like my friend Amal experienced that, I believe that you can experience that this evening as well.